Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Hello again. On this week's Flower Farmer Chat, I've got Mandy from Flower and Forage Farms located in Northwest Missouri. Mandy has done it all. She is the matriarch of her family raising her children her husband is in the service and she's also a flower farmer i'm super excited to share this conversation with you a little side note most of us are parents on this journey of flower farming so we may have a little one that decided she wanted to be interviewed on the podcast as well so i hope you guys enjoy well, welcome back, Flower Friends, to Local Flowers Podcast. I've got Mandy here from Flower and Forage Farm. I'm super excited. Mandy has been so gracious. This is our take two as I was learning all about podcasting. So thank you, Mandy, for not only joining the podcast, but doing a take two of this conversation. Welcome. Thanks for having me here. Just for the listeners to know, Mandy has a, a flower farm in Northwest Missouri, and she too is stuck in snow. So I would just love to have the listeners hear about your journey to flowers. Absolutely. So um, I started flower farming in 2020, the amazing year we had of the pandemic. (laughs) It was a challenge. I had made the decision the year before in 2019, before the world imploded, that I was going to pursue this idea in our backyard. We lived in town at the time. And with that, I just started small. I had a budget of $300 and I really wanted to at least break even, right? (laughs) And then the pandemic happened and I was like, oh my goodness, I just bought all this stuff. What's going to happen? Because I, how am I going to advertise? How am I going to do anything? And that birthed some creativity. I created a program called Birch Petals that year. And it was literally me bringing bouquets for four weeks to people's porches, dropping them at the door. That way I didn't have to come into contact with them and we could all be safe, especially because it's a small town, a Midwest town, and there's a lot of older people. So just being cognitive of that and it took off. It was awesome. That's so great. Yeah, I think the pandemic, it's just been an evolution before it, through it, and after it. So tell me, like, now that you've kind of been through it, where do you see yourself in the future? And what kind of your plans for this 2023 season? Absolutely. Um, I think I really am just focusing on community. I think we have all missed out on a lot of amazing relationships amongst each other because we have been so, you know, trapped in our own houses. And I think there's just a yearning there. A lot of people, even my age, I'm in my mid thirties, they're desiring that. And it's really hard because we also live in a society where we are so connected via our phone but we are so disconnected interpersonally. So um, that is where we are kind of headed. We hosted our first workshop with my friend, Crystal. She owns the local Christmas tree farm. And we did that in November. It was amazing. There was a good group of women. We had, I want to say we had around 25 ladies attend and it was just awesome. Like people being creative and just connecting. And it wasn't so much about the wreaths that we made. It was about 
the relationships that were made um, there at that area. So I really want to implement that throughout our season, whether it's gardening classes or bouquet classes or anything cool like that. That's where we're really trying to focus this year. For sure. Yeah. I find myself this way too, is just getting wrapped up in the social media and looking at the number of followers I have or who's commenting on my post. Are they liking my post? And it's really hard to gauge your engagement with your community when you're only looking at social media. And I try to keep telling myself that, but that I think it's great to just get out into the community and really start having those conversations. And that's where I am really excited for my CSA and just starting to deliver flowers again to my friends because that's when I really start to hear from my community members about how much they love my flowers, who they've told, and then just that conversation. But I think it's really hard this time of year, you know, as we're all stuck inside because of the weather and we're not engaging in those conversations. So I think that's great. Maybe tell us a little bit more about your community. I definitely, in all the conversations I've had so far and just my own personal experience about, you know, there's these different uh, generations uh, that we're selling flowers to and we have to kind of get a little creative in how we're selling to all these different generations. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your community and maybe like your marketing efforts headed into this next season. And then also talk to us about your subscription too. So we live in a small town called Rockport, Missouri. Um, We actually, and throughout this whole process, we no longer live in town. We bought a farm, uh, not necessarily for just the flowers. It was our 10-year plan. We were going to save up and there was just this amazing opportunity that literally fell in our laps. And so we moved to the farm last year and it's been a really cool experience. But because of that, um, we have this new, I don't want to call it dilemma, but I'm not in town. So it's a little bit of a drive for some of my customers and it's a drive for me to deliver flowers. So we're still working on connecting the dots there. Our town is called Brockport, Missouri, and um, we are pretty small, but we're mighty and A lot of my customers are, I don't want to say elderly, but they're probably between between the ages of 40 to, I want to say, 70-ish. It just depends on the time of year and what the, the program is. So I definitely don't necessarily use Instagram or anything for that specific audience. I actually use Facebook and I have my own little private Facebook group just for our local community, which has also been interesting because I get a lot of requests from other flower farmers to be a part of that. And I'm constantly declining. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's for my local community. And so that's been a cool way to connect with them because I can send out messages via that and they can get their update. Um, I've also started doing newsletters via email. So that's been really helpful for that generation as well because they do still have an email address. And yeah, a lot of it I think is just part of it's, you know, having my one customer having a really good experience and her telling her friend and that friend contacting me. So that's been really cool too, to just see who out of the woodwork decides to contact. So, (laughs) and it was really cool when we first started the porch pedal program, again, being shut in and not really knowing how to tell people I was doing this. We, I had my husband (laughs) take my phone and we did this really silly little video where I just acted out 
the porch pedal system. I had the bouquet. I delivered it to our own front porch. And then I opened the door and I was excited to get my bouquet of flowers, which was really, really corny, but it got people's attention. And I had a lot of people really just wanting our flowers because of that silly little Facebook program. We were getting interrupted. This is the beauty of us are in the stage of our lives. We are moms as well as yes. business owners. Can you say hi? People are listening. Hi, Miss B. How are you today? Good. Do you mind if I ask you a question? What's your most favorite flower that your mommy grows? Tulips. Tulips. They're so pretty. And why are they your most favorite flower that your mommy grows? Because they're a t- triangle shape. Oh, yeah? That's beautiful. Do you help your mommy on the farm growing flowers? Yeah. yeah. What do you help her with the most? Dig holes. <laughs> Dig holes to like plant the tulip bulbs? Have you learned so much about flowers since your mommy started growing them? Mm. What's your favorite color of flower? Pink. Pink. You're my kind of girl. You know, so much of us, you know, we are moms and we're trying to start a business, grow a business. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's important for us to, uh, you know, just shed light on all of the stuff we have to balance. And speaking of, how do you balance it all? Because just for our audience to know, your husband's in the military. So oftentimes you've got the kids and you're all by yourself. So how, Mm -hmm. how have you coped with all of that and managed and prioritized? A lot of coffee, um, a lot of grace. Um, There are times where I maybe forget to do the dishes or the laundry. And that just, it's the season of life. Also, I've just learned to work really fast during nap times and when they're in bed. That becomes like mommy's work time, which I love. And then for your listeners too, with my husband being in the military, he was deployed all last year. And um, we also were renovating this entire house from the studs. So I was also a general contractor and a flower farmer and a mom. So um, lots of grace uh, and uh, yeah. Not a lot of sleep. You know what? Uh, I work the best at like 1 o'clock in the morning. So when everybody's in bed and I don't feel bad about, you know, doing all the things. Mm -hmm. So I 100% hear you. You know, I want to go back. You were mentioning that you've moved to your farm, which is a huge fleet in itself, just moving Mm -hmm. all the things, including your life. But you talked about kind of being at a distance from your customers. And you know, I'm kind of this way too. So our town, we've got this town itself, like the city limits. And then most of us live in kind of the outskirts. And it can be like a 15 to 20 minute drive just to go into the city itself and so I've struggled with this too especially when the price of gas increased significantly Mm -hmm. because I've got a roadside stand just people coming to me to purchase flowers so with your porch petals being that far away have you rethought that are you pivoting in in a way or how are you kind of just transitioning and but then again like are you working on marketing or spreading the word 
to get folks to come to you? I This is a struggle for me, so I imagine there's others that are kind of outside of the city limits trying to figure out how they connect with their customers. So I'd love to hear about that a little bit more. Yeah, I think um, it's all about boundaries. So for example, when I do my porch pedals, I either say, I usually have two groups. So I have like a Monday night group and I have Wednesday or Thursday night group. And the customer gets to choose Monday or Wednesday. Or if, say, they're out of town for vacation, they can forfeit their bouquet. And that bouquet will get donated to our local nursing home. But that being said, I set my limit pretty strictly. So I create my route based off my customers. And I determine, okay, what's going to be the shortest distance? And also I say, you know, if you live in this other community over here, sorry, I will do custom bouquets for you. I can't do this every week type of thing. Or I will meet them in our town. And I've had customers who are willing to do that to meet me halfway. So it's really about just, again, setting your boundaries, doing your math, figuring out, is this worth it? Or am I pricing this adequately? And I will say with the rise of gas prices, I am having to kind of bump my price up a little bit, which I should have done a long time ago. Definitely not alone in that. And I I don't know about you or anybody else that's listening, but when I first started, you know, I was basing my price on those that were selling flowers within my community. And, you know, just looking online and folks, oh my gosh, people could be quite critical in some of Facebook group um just saying uh on the pricing so it was like oh my gosh I don't know if I'm pricing that much but I think there's this balance too of what are your inputs uh, what are your costs of growing your flowers but then also like what is the price point that your customers are willing to pay and then just are they feeling like they're getting their bang for the buck and so you know I too in my first couple years I'm like wow I should have totally charged more but at the same time I learned a lot in the process. I made a lot of mistakes, but I've also learned a lot. And I think, yeah, especially with the prices of good increasing, it's like time to reevaluate like what I'm actually putting in, say, a market bouquet versus what I'm putting in a custom order. And like you said, you know, I'm willing to go the extra mile for a custom order that isn't going to be a weekly thing because, you know, that we're all challenged with. We're not only farming the flowers, you're a farmer florist, but you also have to, you know, grow the flowers, design the flowers, market the flowers. And if you've got another job or you're a mom, uh, there's a lot to uh, work in there and you definitely have to prioritize and see what works best for you. So, mm-hmm. yep, I I hear you. It's, it's kind of a challenge. And I am curious, you know, most of us started uh, during the pandemic where folks were really yearning for the beauty of flowers. But what's kind of been your experience now that we're kind of easing out of the pandemic and moving on with life and people are getting more busier, just pivoting with all of that? Because I felt that last year with just folks weren't willing to get in the car and go drive up to my place and buy flowers. I needed to go to them. And so I'm just curious about your perspective with that and then just your plan this year. 
Yeah, I think with any business, you need to be flexible because the market will change. The customer base will change. So I will say last year, I did start doing a farmer's market in our local community. And I think that helped a lot with um, just connecting face-to-face with my customers as well, as well as new customers. But I also think that if you have a product that stands out, that's different, and that's desirable, your customers are going to come to you and they will find you. But again, finding creative ways to connect with them and market yourself, not just on social media, but throughout your community is vital. So maybe that's anything from donating some flowers somewhere or connecting or collaborating with other businesses. You just got to do what works for you. But I will say like it was a really big blessing to do the farmer's market last year and to be able to connect. And the funny thing is, I've always said I'm never going to do a farmer's market. I think they're silly. I think they're a waste of flowers, you know, because they're hot. Your flowers could spoil. But it was like one of the greatest things I had done. Yeah. So how do you do the farmer's market and having your kids too? Because I'm always like, there's a balance there. And my kids are at the age where they're playing a lot of sports. So and especially on the weekend. So it's difficult for me to participate, be there on a regular basis because I am managing that too. So I'm curious, how do you kind of juggle it all? Well, you know, I will say I had to ask for help last year. (laughs) Um, I have... She's now six and my little boy is three. So a three-year-old and a six-year-old, not the most patient, um, but we're also not the point of having to do those extracurriculars quite yet. I'm sure in a couple years we will. So yeah, they would go to like grandma and grandpa's and it would be like my little time for myself and my business. And I think they've also just learned because they're around it like the day before when I'm harvesting and arranging. I think they're good with it. They kind of get the opportunity to play in the flowers too that way. But yeah, I ask for help when you need it. What a blessing for it to be kind of your zen moment. Yes. And being able to connect with your flowers and your customers. So yes, that's uh, incredible. (laughs) Love it. So you've moved to a new farm. Do you have a lot of infrastructure that you've got to develop? And kind of what are you looking ahead at for this upcoming season with your new farm? Well, we have a really cool blessing in the fact that the previous owner of this farm, not only is a distant relative, but um, she was an avid gardener. Now, unfortunately, she, um, I think she passed away in 2000 it's been a while so the garden beds are definitely been overtaken by you know weeds and grasses and things like that but it's been kind of cool to uncover them and one thing that we're really working with right now in the in the next few years is to make transplants and divisions of what was here to kind of save and salvage them but also to kind of multiply them as well so I calculated it the other day and I think I planted probably 450 perennials last year. Yeah. (laughs) And most of those were through divisions of what she already had, as well as things that a few people in town were getting rid of. Like I had one lady that said, I'm ripping out all my peony bushes. You want them? I was like, yeah, I want them. (laughs) 
Absolutely, I want them. So it's been a great blessing to steward what was here, but also to recreate what was here as well. So it's a process. Like the perennial beds right now look horrible, um, but they are a work in progress, and it's been really cool to kind of re-envision um, what, what's here. So That's incredible because, you know, perennials, like I don't know about you, but I'm transitioning more to perennials because they can survive all of our extreme weather events and they come back every year and there's just not all the work so yeah what a blessing to inherit that so any uh favorites that you found in your new place well she uh really loved irises and while I don't necessarily use a lot of iris they are kind of like a fun flower to have in the spring um because there's not a lot blooming and so I've really kind of tried to hone those irises they were bearded irises and she had some really beautiful varieties and I have no idea what names they are I'm sure some expert will tell me one day but it's been really cool because there's literally a field of irises we are honestly going to dig it all up but again that is I'm taking those ribosomes and transplanting them before that happens because they're literally in the middle of our property (laughs) they're just not in a great location and they again taken over by weeds but they've been really fun kind of discover each spring that we're here or have been able to see them so kind of fun okay I'm now officially jealous because I love bearded iris and if anything if they're just for me I will take them but I think they're coming back especially as like an exclusive designer flower mm-hmm. um, because they just are so cool but I also feel like so if you were to you know incorporate some of those irises that may be more traditional but you got like fancier tulips or fancier daffodils it's still something to kind of fill the vase and maybe spend some extra money on those other pieces but oh I am jealous and then you got the peonies too that I'm really jealous yeah that leads me to a question that I thought of do you have a wholesaler within your area or a a co-op of farmers that you can sell your flowers to or is it quite a drive to do something like that um it is quite a drive right now um and I won't talk too much about it right now I am exploring the possibility of joining one we live in literal corner of northwest Missouri so I'm literally five miles away from Iowa I'm 10 miles away from Nebraska like we are really just on that corner so unfortunately I the headquarters for the Missouri flower farmers co-op is all the way down in Springfield (laughs) which is like a five-hour drive from where we live um so that is causing me to be more creative with our location and actually hopefully team up with some other growers not in my state I recently went to our Pacific Northwest Cut Flower Growers Meetup and I have roots very strong in Eastern Oregon and I had such lovely conversations with folks that kind of similar to what you are situated in. Our eastern side of the state of Oregon borders Washington, Idaho and you know it's quite a drive to go to a wholesaler and so just Mm -hmm. starting these conversations about farmers 
members collectively getting together, whether it be an official co-op or whatever that looks like, there's such a need within those areas where the drive to the wholesaler is five hours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even the florists have to think about that and their cost of selling flowers. So that is super exciting. And I cannot wait to hear more as you work through that. But just to plant the seed within folks' head too about even if it is a drive, maybe connecting with flower farmers within your area to look at a co-op type model might be kind of a great thing to do. Absolutely. That's super exciting. Well, friend, I know your time is limited. You've got kids knocking on the door. So I'll end with a couple of my final questions here, starting with what is your favorite flower? Well, you know, it changes for the season, but of course it's the peony. They're beautiful. They're fluffy and they're fun and they're romantic and they smell amazing. So, um, we're definitely continuing to expand our peonies. Do you have a favorite variety? I mean, I think you got to stick with a classic, which is Sarah B. Sarah Bernhardt. Beautiful, pale pink, lovely fragrance, long stems. Classic. Totally. They are gorgeous. And I think what makes them super, super special is they have such a short window of a season. Yes. That, and they come at a time of year where the spring stuff have completed themselves. And then now we're in this weird spot. So they are, yeah, I agree. Gorgeous. One thing I'll add to that too is peonies are so cool because you can dry store them. So you can wrap them up in like newspaper and store them in your cooler without water. I mean, they will look really crappy when you take them out, but you just snip off that stem a little bit and put them in water and they hydrate right up and it's kind of magical. It truly is. Uh, All those folks that have been doing the time-lapse videos of like peonies and other flowers blooming it's yeah completely magical well any kind of lessons learned you'd love to share with our audience (sighs) I think just give yourself grace um we all have seasons that are hard we all have crop failures we all have crazy weather and I think just not playing the comparison game and this is me preaching to the choir don't play the comparison game. I think it's so crazy because I follow a lot of farmers that are in more southern states than me. So they are, you know, starting their scabiosa or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I think I have a few more weeks before I have to do that. <laughs> And so it's hard. It's hard not to get wrapped up in that or like enter the panic mode like, oh, no, I'm so far behind. But also just like giving yourself grace, working within your means and your budget and your time that you have with your precious kiddos or your um, significant other. Just give yourself grace and it will be okay. I absolutely love every bit of that it's so true it's hard to like see other people doing stuff but just you gotta check yourself back into reality like I still have snow on the ground too like don't get so anxious or you're just gonna be even further defeated because you started all those seeds and now they're dying in their trays because you started them too soon and you know I too am at this point where my son's birthday is coming up and I literally have six years left with him 
him, you know, before he goes to college or wherever his path will lead him. Just been really gut-wrenching for me. So Mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to be on this spinning wheel. You can go slow. Nobody's saying you have to go from zero to a hundred in one year. And the social media does not help with that. So I love what you said. (laughs) Well, as we're wrapping up, I'm just curious, what are you most proud of in your journey Mm -hmm. and just everything. I think I'm most proud that I can do this with our kiddos. They're literally at my hip um, when I'm planting seeds in the ground some days. And um, it's been really cool to see Miss B, our daughter, just recognize flowers while I'm planting them or recognize seeds. I think she knows more about science and biology than most kids her age simply from just watching me work and it's been really cool to just see them grow an appreciation obviously I want to be able to steward that and not make it not make them resent flowers but hone in on those things that they love to do so I'm most proud that I can support my family through this and also just see my kids flourish oh that's so lovely and it's so true our kids have no idea the science and horticultural background that they're getting with this experience we're going through. Well, thank you, Flower Friend. Is there anything that I may have missed asking you that you'd like to share? Not that I can think of, but I just want to encourage anyone listening, like, keep going, keep learning, don't give up. And one other thing I wanted to tell them too is find your why. Like, why do you want to do this? And what is your motivation behind it? That is absolutely perfect because this can be very hard work. And so really understanding why you're doing this, how you want to grow with it is super important. Well, as we're wrapping up, how can folks locally, if they're listening, which I hope we have some local listeners, find you as well as anybody that wants to follow you for inspiration and not on your private Facebook group. Yes. Um, so they can find me on Instagram. It's Flower and Forged Farms. And I am on Facebook, but I just connect my Instagram to my Facebook. So Flower and Forged Farms on Instagram. And I also have a website, flowerandforgedfarms.com. Well, thank you again, Mandy, for joining us this week. And I wish you the best of luck in our upcoming season. And thanks again. Yes, you too. Have a great season. I just wanted to say thank you again to Mandy for not only sharing her story of flower farming, being a mom, and managing it all, but just all of her great advice around just giving yourself grace. We have one lifetime to live, and you've got to enjoy what you're doing, and sometimes it is very easy to feel overwhelmed or feel like you're in an Instagram bubble of comparison and we really got to step back and evaluate what's important to us. What do we enjoy and go from there. So thank you again Mandy for sharing your story and I hope that each and every one of you find a little bit of inspiration in this week's Flower Farmer Chat. Thanks for hanging around and we'll catch you next Sunday. Well that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation and together all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.